Hi guys, welcome back to the Adaptive Zone podcast. My name is Matthew Boyd. I'm a physiotherapist and running coach. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you're so inclined, share it with a friend. Today, we're going to be talking with Steve Palladino all about running with power, which is an exciting topic and certainly is taking off recently. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, if you enjoy the episode today, don't forget to check out my Running Fundamentals course. You can click the link in the description and you'll get one module each week. It's totally free. Now, over to Steve. Steve, welcome to the Adaptive Zone podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor to be uh, asked. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your professional work? Uh, yeah, I, um, I, I uh, was a foot and ankle surgeon. I retired after 30 years of practice. Um, prior to that, I was uh, a, a student and athlete. I ran for Adidas for a while. I had a 216 marathon uh, PR back in 1979. Um, and uh, after some injuries and stuff in, the, in my uh, 40s, my late 40s, I switched over to cycling, which coincided with about the time that, that cycling, riding cycling with power really took off. So hmm. I've been involved with cycling with power since 2002. So over 20 years. Um, after I retired, well, actually, before I retired from my medical practice, I started doing uh, coaching. Um, and uh, Stride came out with a power meter in 2015, 2016. I started coaching exclusively by power starting in 2016. And this was also coincided with my retirement from medical practice. So All right. I've been doing that uh, ever since and uh, have had the pleasure to work with a, a, a lot of really um, talented athletes, dedicated athletes, and, and really fun times. Cool. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you've had quite a busy career, you know, from professional athlete to surgeon to um, coach. And now, are you full-time coaching still? Uh, well, yeah, I, I would call it full-time coaching, although I'm doing it while I'm retired, so I'm doing retired things too, you know. Right. Um, but it, it, for me, it's it's interesting because every, every one of those things that you mentioned all sort of have ties together, and I apply one to the other. Um, I use my experience as a runner to help manage and treat athletes, and, and um, the same thing with uh, – my coaching now, you, I draw on my experience, but also my my medical background mm. in managing and preventing injuries. That's, you know, we all know consistency is number one in, in training and improving and running. And to be consistent, you have to dodge the injury. And, and you know that quite well with your background, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely my, um, my niche, my sure. interest in trying to keep people from I mean, the, the injury rates in running are catastrophically high, I would say, and trying to do what we can to minimize them and prevent them from, you know, when they do come up, having such an impact on people. Anything right. that we can do to do, to do that is, um, you know, worth looking into. I mean, one of the things I'm looking at power for is, can it add some extra color to the picture of an athlete to try and help avoid things like injuries can is there anything you can do on that respect but i think that's getting a little bit of ahead of ourselves because what i'd like to do first because i think 
for me, at first looking at power, it was, you know, I, I understood how it worked basically with cycling. And then it started to come into running and I was like, oh, you know, you would listen to podcasts about it. And it's, it's a little different because there's some other variables to consider. And I was like, okay, this is, it's a bit more of a complicated topic. So I wondered if we could just start from the beginning. So what is like running power? What are we measuring here? Well, uh, I don't want to make it too uh, technical and, and lose all your listeners, uh, but uh, power is essentially, um, it's, it's watts that you measure it in watts or normalize it to the weight of the athlete watts per kilogram. And that's a work rate. Joules is the, is the, uh, the work and it's joules per second uh, is, is watts. So it's a work rate. Now, let's put that aside um, and we can talk about how that's measured, you know, in, in a follow-up question, but I like to simplify it for the runners. Power is another way of managing effort. So what do we have? We have, we have uh, perceived exertion, which, you know, that's sort of like, I always say that's the equipment we were born with. We have that on board. We don't have to go out and buy perceived exertion, although it does take some fine tuning over the years. But we have PE, perceived exertion. We have pace, we have heart rate, and we have power. Now there's others, you know, there's you know, muscle O2 and, and uh, <laughs> other ways, but those are the four primary ones for managing effort. And that's what power is. That's the crux of it. It's another way of managing your 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 effort level okay and when you say we have heart rate we have pace and now we have power how does power differ from heart rate and pace okay so, uh, that's a great question um, because a lot of people are so embedded with one of those two or both that why do I need power um, so um, it differs, power differs from pace uh, in that pace is corrupted by wind, as we know. A headwind is you're going to go slower at same effort than with, if you had a tailwind. So pace is, is I'm using the word corrupted, but it's uh, impacted yeah. by, by wind and by grade. So, like for incline. example, incline. Yes, yeah. thank okay. you. So, so, um, if I'll just use a quick example, if if, if uh, a coach were to tell an athlete, hey, I want you to go do um, 30 30s, 30 second on, 30 second off at 1500 meter uh, race pace. And you go to a track, piece of cake. Hmm. You, if if, if you're trans, you know, you're porting that to a, a hill and you're doing the same workout, what pace do you tell them? Well, power is portable in that sense, in that if, for example, 3030 is the on part 1500 meter race pace for that athlete or race power, let's say is 300 watts. When they go to a 5%, 8% grade, it's still 300 watts. Okay. So, uh, so the, the effort is portable, I mean, the power is portable, whether it's windy 
whether it's hilly, whether it's flat. It's the same numbers. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll give you another quick example. If you're, you're on a track and you say, okay, I want you to do uh, 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 let's say 2400s, mile and a half essentially, 2400s. And the athlete goes, okay, what are my splits? Well, in pace, you got to figure out all these splits mm. and remember the splits for every quarter, every 400. Power, is, what's my split? Your, your split is 300 watts. Right, okay. Your split is 300 watts at 400, at 800, 1200, so on. So um, that that's how it differs from pace. So power is is portable across wind, across grade. Okay. Um, heart rate, you want me to... Uh, no, let, can I can I jump in there on pace? So let's yeah, say yeah. you were doing intervals, and um, let's say each each loop of the well, would you would you do it like? But <laughs> I have so many questions. I don't know which one to ask first. So <laughs> let's say you're going to do that interval workout, and instead yeah. of using pace, you're going to do like a hill workout, and you want it to be similar. So you would run up the hill for about the same amount of time. Let's say let's say five minutes is that okay so you're running up the hill and you're holding 300 watts so whether you would that make it equivocal to the workout on the track in terms of effort i I think i kind of botched that question a little bit but do you see what i'm getting at i i understand your question it is uh it is um equivalent um to what's on the track uh in terms of uh, effort and metabolic stimulus. Um, mechanically, you know, we, we, you know, mechanically, your running dynamics are different on the flat versus on, on the hill. So you get a little bit of different uh, uh, running dynamics, running form difference, um, um, whether you're on the hill or the flat. But metabolically, you know, uh, Five times five minutes at 300 watts on the track is is the same as five times five minutes at 300 watts on an incline. Okay. Um, now, I, I'm going to throw one caveat in here. Um, for for the, uh, the mountain runners and, and uh, trail runners that are listening, when, when you start getting into 15, 16, 20% grades where you're almost into power walking, Running power sort of breaks down there, just the same okay. as running power will break down in sand. Your, you know, your your uh, reported power is not going to be quite a, a good measure of your effort, but neither is pace, and, and only heart rate might might be a, a good surrogate for effort in, in running on sand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we- for for most most uh, normal running conditions, runners encounter. Um, yes, it's, it's equivalent. So let's say you had more like a, let's keep it nice and simple and say you want to give a, a, a workout that's, let's say an hour long, but the person is going to be running over undulating terrain. So it's kind of, it's not really steep grades where they'd have to power walk, but definitely they have to slow down things you might come across in cities and towns where you're just going up and down hills. And you might say hold 250 watts for an hour. And then on the uphill, 
they would end up slowing down, but they would still be looking at their watch and seeing 250. And on the downhill, they would end up running faster, but they would still look at their watch and see 250. So their effort would be relatively uniform, even though the terrain is going up and down. Is that the gist of it? That's exactly the gist of it. Okay. And that particular part is counterintuitive to runners that have been running by pace uh, and even by heart rate um, in that you, you're, you want to hold the constant pace, at least intuitively, and, and consequent to that, you're going too hard on uphill and, and too easy on the downhill. And the same thing with, with wind if you're on the track. You know, if you're headwind on one side of the track and tailwind mm. on the other, it's a, it's the same concept. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even like say you were running loops of a track, and you were doing one lap, one direction, you're going into the wind. Let's say it's really windy, so you you're working really hard and your pace is slow, but you might be like, okay, I'm still at 250 watts. Then you you turn the corner, you're going back the other way, and you've got a tailwind. Now you're still holding 250 watts. But you actually pace is increased because the wind's helping you. But again, your effort will be uniform and the power is helping you adjust for the wind. Yes, that's con- okay. that's exactly the concept. All right. That, that's, that's cooler than I thought. That's kind of what I thought it would do. But I wasn't exactly sure. So then let's say for that that's, I think explains well the relationship between power and pace and the differences between them. So if we come to heart rate... What what's how does power differ from heart rate in terms of what we can what it can tell us? Well, uh, in terms of uh, executing training, uh, there's two uh, two issues with heart rate. One is heart rate lag, mm. um, which is which is a problem in in um, interval training, higher intensity interval training, in that you start an interval um, at say, a constant power, let's say 300 watts, your heart rate's going to take a, a while for it to catch up and reach that target heart rate. Um, so that's heart rate lag. And it, you may, oh, I need to get my heart rate up. So you may end up going a little bit too hard in the beginning of that and, and backing off towards the end because your heart rate's starting to drift a little bit. Um, so... In terms of executing interval training, uh, power, I believe, is superior to heart rate because of the lack of heart rate lag. Um, it's, it's instant when you're, well, I, when instant in meaning less than five seconds. You put, the, you put the, your foot on the pedal and within five seconds, you're, you're right there at, at your target power. Um, and then there's heart rate drift, which can impact uh, interval training, but also in your longer runs, um, because heart rate drift um, can occur over a set of intervals. So that, let's say you're doing five five uh, times five minutes, we'll just keep it consistent. That first one, you it's it's you're going x pace, x power to hit that that target heart rate. By the end, you're because the heart rate's drifting up. You're slowing down to make sure you're still at that target heart rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not quite getting the dose that you really want. Um, in a longer run, um, you might get heart rate drift um, such that that 
heart rate continues to climb higher because of uh, hydration or temperature. You know, temperature is increasing through the, the course of mm-hmm. the, the run or the race uh, and hydration, de- uh, dehydration ensues. Heart rate's responding to those. It's not simply responding to the metabolic demands. It's responding to hydration, heat dissipation, etc. So um, in terms of metabolic demand, power is the closest thing to metabolic demand. Okay. Um, the closest measure to meta- meta- metabolic demand and your effort, really. Okay. So if, I'm going to try and give you my understanding of what you said there and see if, see if I'm on the sure, right then. lines. So in the intervals, power is beneficial over heart rate because heart rate will lag. So when you increase your effort, it'll take you know 30 to 60 seconds to actually see a change in your heart rate that reflects your increase in effort. So it's not as useful, if you're in, particularly if your intervals are short, like a, less than a right. few minutes. Because right. it's going to lag behind your actual changes and it's not a useful target for a training workout. So that's where power, if I'm, my intervals are hold 400 watts for, I don't know if that's a, an appropriate value, but uh, for two minutes. It, it is for some, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then you're going to you're gonna hold 100 watts for two minutes and then repeat five times. As soon as I increase my pace, my power number will jump up and then that will make that a more accurate measure of the effort than heart rate which would have a lag as when i increase my pace it would wait but the the benefit of power would mean that i could do this over undulating terrain into a headwind with a tailwind and i would still be able to understand my actual effort and put it within my target effort so is that, is that about right for the intervals? That's where it benefits us. Uh, yes. Well, also, I, you know, I touched on in interval training, you also get heart rate drift over the over the sequence of intervals right. as well. Right, yes. So it's not just that you get heart rate drift over long runs where it'll slowly drift up the whole time. When you did those intervals, each peak in the heart rate would go higher than the last one until by the end, you know, your heart rate would be higher. So if you were using heart rate targets you would actually have to slow down and put out less power to keep your heart rate in the target zone. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, really, without going into it, what we're touching on is is, uh, managing effort. But in in the broader concept, we're managing dose. We're managing the the dose that the athlete gets. So they're getting, you know, if it's if you're prescribing five times five minutes at 300 watts, we know they're getting 25 minutes at this this power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. you're you're able to manage the the overall dose uh, uh, quite well. Again, across hills and across wind conditions, etc. Yeah, and if you used let's say a heart rate, and you said, okay, well we got these 25 minutes in let's say zone four. You might not, because if they had a tailwind off, they were going uphill or downhill, um, that, that could affect the actual effort and the dose that they were receiving of stimulus. It might be higher or lower, whereas if you measured their power, you would know the dose of power that they um, received as a stimulus. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. 
Now, the other question I had about heart rate was like, let's say you took a longer run. So let's say your Sunday long run, you're going to go two hours. And I was chatting with Tyler about this last week. And across those two hours, your heart rate is going to drift steadily upwards. And then you've got two choices. If you've got a heart rate target zone, you can slow down or you can let it go up out of the zone. But what you're seeing with power, I think, is you could have a heart uh, power target. Let's say your zone two, just to keep it simple for now, um, is 150. I don't know if that's reasonable, but that's what I'll say. Um, you could say, I'm going to keep 150 for two hours. And then you can ignore your heart rate and pace, but you know that your dose of power was 150 for two hours. Is, and, and then you wouldn't have to worry about where your heart rate was. Is that right? That's correct. And, and it, it's, 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 hard, it's hard to uh, describe these things without, without visuals, yes. so to speak. But, <laughs> but I mean, I've had athletes that have run big PRs in, in a marathon and uh, their power is just this flat line, hmm. um, meaning constant power th through the whole marathon. It just nails it. But heart rate, their heart rate uh, tracing is just going up, 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 up. And if if you know that athlete was given, oh, you you need to hit this this heart rate, stay in this band, you might see them overexerting early, and uh, and then later on slowing down to make sure because of heart rate drift. And again, um. You know, pe people will say, well, heart rate is giving you the, the body's response to metabolic demand. Yes, but it's also responding to dehydration, to the, the temperature between the start of the, 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 the marathon at, at 8 a.m. and the finish of the marathon at 11 a.m. Um, as the temperature increases, um, that's also going to increase the heart rate as well because yeah. of managing heat dissipation. So um, uh, the, the, the thing with the, the main difference with power is that it allows you to, to um, peg that metabolic demand pretty well. So this, you can tell me if I'm thinking about this correctly, because I was trying to wrap my head around how power differs from heart rate. And like you said, your heart rate tells you how hard your body is working kind of but the thing i thought maybe about power is when you sprint right i can imagine if i was wearing a power meter on my shoe and i just did a 100 meters sprint from a stop i just sprinted i would immediately see a change in my um power output and that would be reflective of my pace which went from very slow to extremely fast very quickly and it also would be a reasonably good proxy of the what is happening in the muscles because the muscles aren't going to go oh this guy wants to run faster tell the heart to speed up they're just going to contract as hard as fast as they can and they're going to use whatever's around like phosphagen or whatever and, and just make it happen and then they'll be like oh, oh yeah heart rate we need some more stuff <laughs> you know so there's this kind of it's your, your heart rate isn't really measuring what your muscles are doing. It's measuring the response of the body to what the muscles already did. Um, so I was wondering, is, is power more giving us a reflection of what is happening in the muscles to produce the movement? Is that right? I would say that's an accurate statement. 
And what you said, heart rate is is a response. So one is what's producing the movement and what's responding to that demand uh, and responding um, besides that demand to other, it's responding to other things as well. So let's say, let's say I did that 100 meter sprint again, but you know, like a sled that the, the football players push with a, like, let's say 300 pounds on it. So I'm pushing it just as, I'm putting in just as much effort in, but I'm not moving very fast because of all the weight I'm trying to push on. I'm, I'm trying to jumpstart a car or whatever, you know? What would my power numbers say in those instances? That, that you just touched on a, an area where uh, uh, running power is way more nuanced than cycling power. So if, if let's say you, you have a bicycle attached to that, that weight and you're pushing a bicycle, your power is going to go right up. But running power um, is is um, the watts reporter is dependent on the weight setting. So the power mm. meter is report reporting based on um, you as a seventy kilogram um, right uh, athlete. When, when really you're the, the, the mass that you're pushing is more than 70 kilograms in that particular instant. Um, you know, if, if we're talking about, you know, carrying water bottles and the water bottles go away, etc., cetera, um, that's, that's not a big deal. But mm-hmm. if we're talking about a weight sled or pushing <laughs> a baby stroller with a couple of, of, with twins in it, it power breaks down. Ah, okay. And there's... It's nuanced, but there's ways of working around. I mean, as a coach, I know how to manage that. I know what to tell the athlete to do right. to, to manage that uh, by adjusting their weight setting yeah. and their 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 pot. But um, no, you just touched on uh, a one of the nuanced areas of, of run power that's different makes it different than cycling power. Yeah, that's interesting because yeah, that's that's a good point. I wouldn't have thought of that. So your if you are running with power, you need to continuously update your weight setting at a regular interval. Because if you lose weight through certain parts of the year and gain weight at other, or you lose a bunch of weight over two or three year period, your power um, metrics will go awry if you don't have accurate weight set in your app, I presume. I'm going to answer no to that I'm, because, um, number one, I'm going to use Stride as an example. Because that's the pod that I, uh, the athletes that I coach uh, would typically use. Um, the weight setting doesn't matter um, in terms of watts per kilogram. The, the accelerometers, the gyroscope, barometer, et cetera, uh, goes that, that, that sensor data goes into Stride's algorithm, which computes power in watts per kilogram. So that's always right. The pod is always producing uh, uh, watts per kilogram accurately, regardless of what your weight setting is. Doesn't matter. The weight setting, the whole idea of the weight setting is so it gives you a three integer number, 100 or 250. It gives it, it it's a multiplier. It t- the weight setting multiplies the native calculated watts per kilogram, which are always right. And it it it's a multiplier that allows a watch 
to report because watches and such don't report. Uh, now they do a little bit, but when it originated, the 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 uh, the, the conform was three-digit integer for reporting power. Okay. Um, okay. So so the weight is is merely the weights is a multiplier. Now let me let me do one. I'm gonna interject one more reason. Yeah. Watts per kilogram are always the same. Um, and power is is meaningless unless it's related to something. I'm going to use pace as an example. Um, I just ran I just ran um, five miles at, at five minute pace. What does that mean? It, it, you have to relate it to something. Mm-hmm. This is, is this Elliot Kipchoge? Mm-hmm. So is that easy? Is, is this, that hard? Is, is that it, medium? Yeah. Exactly. So, so if, if you are creating a, a, an anchor, a reference point, say critical power, which is a concept we can mm-hmm. discuss perhaps, everything, all, all your, your training intensities and stuff are anchored to critical power and a few other things. Um, so if this was done at one weight setting and suddenly you're changing weight setting down here but still referencing this, mm-hmm. your watts are going to be not relatable. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's, it's um, it, for me, I tell my athletes, set it and forget it. Don't change your weight setting. Wow, okay. Because what what is changing, if you your body weight changes, watts per kilogram are still being reported accurately. Right, they're always they're always correct. But what changes over time is your anchor point. Just like hey, my my threshold, my threshold pace might change as I get more fit. Critical power might change, but you want everything to relate to that that current value. Um, so, uh, I, I tell my athletes never change your weight setting. I'll I'll do all the maths on my side. Okay. <laughs> and, okay. And it makes it really easy for me to. Okay, you're doing a hundred to hundred and three percent of critical power in these intervals today. Hmm. That's it. So that, I think just, that's a good time to talk a little bit about if you could explain what you mean by critical power and then how, how people might, because we did say, you know, you could do these types of workouts and stuff. And I think a lot of people, especially those who listen to this show, will be familiar with different training zones and there's different zone-based systems. But how, how might someone use a power meter? And we'll get to what type of power meters there are available in a second. But how might someone take the information on a power meter, so it's telling them, you know, you're running along at 200 watts or whatever, and actually make some sort of useful workout out of that? Yes. So um, most athletes um, that are using power uh, use critical power uh, or functional threshold powers, essentially, conceptually, they're the same thing. Um, they use critical power. Um, critical power is is the uh, 
sort of the, the, the marker that separates the heavy domain and severe domain. Or, you know, if you're a follower of Steven Seiler and, and uh, AD20, um, that marker between heavy and severe um, is the distinction between zone two and zone three in a three-zone system like Seiler uses or described. Mm -hmm. So critical power has been around for uh, about, the concept was, was uh, developed about um, 60 years ago, a little over 60 years ago. So it's been around for a long time. Mm. It's, it's, it's commonly researched. It is as close to your metabolic steady state as, as you can get. And the, the beauty of it, if you have a running power meter, you don't have to go to a lab. You can assess what your, your critical power is. You can do it every four weeks, every eight weeks, every, every three months. But you can always get that value. And then all of your training targets or training zones are run off of that anchor point. Okay. And then how would you do that? Let's say you know, um, do you know your critical power off the top of your head? I, I, I don't run anymore. I, I, I know what my cycling is, but for, for an athlete, let's, I'll just use a hypothetical yeah. athlete that I coach. Yep. Um, so, so let's say I have an athlete whose critical power is um, 370 watts. Mm -hmm. In fact, I've, I've got a guy who's running a marathon next week. He's uh, hopefully going to get an Olympic trials qualifying time. Right. He's, he's, about, he's about 375 watts is his critical power, which, which for him, I, I'm just off the top of my head, it's around 5.4, 5.5 watts per kilogram. Okay. Put it and put that in reference term for the listeners. Uh, Elliot Kipchoge probably estimated a critical power around 6.0 to 6.2 watts per kilogram. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, so, um, okay. Uh, do you have a follow-up question? So that's that's basically no, think... the critical power. I'm just that, that just the wheels are turning. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay, so me, the face I make when I'm thinking. <laughs> let, let me give a way for your listeners to sort of relate to this. If, if uh, let's say you're, uh, a coach says, hey, I want you to do um, uh, five, five times mile at, at a cruise interval pace for Daniels or five times mile at... Um, 15k race pace for me i i could prescribe that same workout um i might prescribe five times five minutes at 99 to 101 percent of critical power right okay it it's it's it i use an anchor point a daniel's anchor point as one example i use a fit your race pace as another anchor point and this case I'm using critical power because it's a really nice definition of that maximal metabolic steady state and the the junction of the marker between heavy and severe um, uh, intensity domains. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let's say, so he's got a 370 watts 
critical power, and you want him to do, um, let's say, a workout that is um, going to develop his VO2 max, let's say. Okay. How, how would you then develop, how would you, like, could you give us an example of a workout that might do that? Okay, so for, forget that 375 for a moment. Let's just use percentages of critical power. Okay. Um, I, I would have him, uh, I might have him do a workout of, of six to eight times four minutes at 108 to 112% of critical power, which is about... 5 5k to 3k race power. Mm. So so that that would get him a pretty good close to VO2 max type of workout. Uh say, let's just say 6 6 times 4 minutes at 108 to 112% for that particular athlete. Mm -hmm. So then he would on his watch or whatever see the target power, uh, I can't do the math, but let's say it's like 415. And he's like, okay, I have to hold 415 to 420 for four minutes. And that, that would basically be how he executed that workout. Exactly. So I, I do the math for him. So I, I know I want 108 to 112. So I will do the math on a little calculator that I have. And okay, you're going to do, um, Four four hundred to four hundred twenty. I'm just throwing numbers out now. Mm. Four hundred to four hundred twenty uh, uh, as your average. So what I like the athlete to do, not worry about keeping power. You know, you can't go over four twenty. You can't mm. go below right. four hundred instantaneously. No. What's the lap average? And if the lap average falls in that, we're golden. Okay. And. And then when the so when your athlete is running along, will his power will it look pretty steady, like four fifteen, four sixteen, four fourteen, or would it like jump around? Depend because I know on a bike when you just stand up for a sec, like it shoots up all of a sudden. So what what would happen with his what the numbers he would see on his watch? Yes, it's 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 going to jump around. Um, because power, human power is stochastic is the word. It, 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 it's jumpy. It's going to look like a little bumpy line. But mm. if, you, if you looked at it, uh, if you looked like five minutes worth of bumpy lines, it's, it's straight across, mm -hmm. right? Okay. That's the average for that lap. Um, most watches have some kind of smoothing function, whether it's right. three seconds or 10 seconds. So, oh, so, so people aren't, a lot of people are new to power. They, they run it on instant power and it's jumping all over. Yeah. What am I doing? And they're slow, yeah. slow. No, just put it on like a, a three second smoothing or, you know, if it's a longer interval, 10 second smoothing and, um, and lap power and just make sure that you're, you're sort of keeping it right in that average. The average for that lap is staying into those upper and lower um, um, zones, so to speak. Cool. Okay. I think that gives people a good. You know, it's. I think it's one of these things where it's like a thousand miles deep, right? We could keep going, but I, I wanted oh, to yeah. give <laughs> a good, a good overview, a more an introduction for me and for the listener. Um, 
So I think that does a, a pretty good job of establishing what the benefits of using power are and how you might use it. You know, you'd have to figure out, you know, do a little research, determine your critical power, then how you're going to work out what kind of workouts you're going to do and then how you would move your old workouts into basing them on percentages of your critical power. So I can imagine I could do all of that based off what we just talked about with a little bit of work. Now, if it comes to someone's interested in getting into power, I've noticed it's cropping up on watches and I've seen more people wearing the pods on their feet. Like, what are the different devices that measure power and are there some that are better than others that you would recommend and others that you maybe people should avoid or not trust? Um, I, uh, I prefer my athletes use stride um, and we can talk about why, but uh, other devices, Garmin has um, power uh, that comes from either the chest right strap, uh, uh, heart rate strap or wrist base Garmin power. Um, Koros has a uh, wrist-based power. Um, um, they're getting out of power. Uh, they're going to. They want to try to do a, like a uh, a normalized graded pace, but make that for it's normalized to a lot of different variables. But uh, Koros still has power. Um, Polar has power. Um, uh, Apple. Is, is jumped into the power market. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, Runscribe was another one that, that was originally in power and got out of power from what I, what I recall. So there's about five or six of them. Now, one, uh, you mentioned wrist versus pod. And then there's chest wrist, strap as well, like because Garmin... Chest strap, yeah. yeah well, chest so strap. you can get three places you could get it from. Exactly. Yeah. So... Um, Wrist-based uh, power typically uses GPS as the source for speed and, and acceleration. That's problematic if you're, you know, you go in a big city with tall buildings or you're going in a forest or you, you want to run on a treadmill. Hmm. So um, those are considerations for, for listeners that want to consider getting into power. Is it wrist-based? Risk base is going to be limited by those factors. Um, then uh, uh, let's come back to Stride. Why do I use Stride? Stride um, has been side-by-side -side comparison in, in the research. And there's been a number of studies um, that show Stride superior to Garmin Power, to Polar, um, uh, and to Runscribe in terms of uh, consistency is... I use the, the statistical term is reliability, meaning test, test, or run, run. It's going to be the same thing. If it's the same effort, it's the same power. Mm -hmm. So it's been shown to be superior to those others. It's been so, shown to be superior in terms of correlation with VO2. Uh, so as power increases, VO2. They're all pretty good, but... For example, a correlation for side-by-side -side study, correlation for stride was like 8, 0.86 correlation with VO2 or higher. Well, Garmin was 0.69, I believe. Right, okay. 
it, it was lower. The correlation was lower. Still, yeah. I mean, six nine is good, but um, there, all the studies that I've seen, Stride comes out on top. Okay. Uh, in terms of, of and, and Stride is the only one that uh, that has true uh, wind um, detection or air power uh, component. So that's the one I prefer. But that said, if someone's got a Garmin power, whether it's chest strap or wrists um, or Apple power, um, you could still train by power mm-hmm. the same concepts. You, you still are going to measure critical power and or you know you go off your 10k power or whatever you're still going to have an anchor point and everything relates back to that yeah i was thinking use the same device that's what i was thinking yeah like you could use it on the same person with the same device but you couldn't then you know compare someone like you using let's say a stride and i wear an apple watch and you couldn't really compare our numbers in any meaningful way but you could within one person if they were always using an apple watch they could work out their critical power and use percentages of that for their training and it would be maybe not like olympic level perfect and maybe then they'd have to invest in something like stride but it's good enough to add some in um more information Information. to their training bingo bingo and i'm gonna uh apple koros stride um, are all very similar in terms of their power. If you do side by side or you know DC Raymaker sort of thing, mm. um, they're all very very close. Garmin power is about 25, 30 percent higher. Mm. The difference is because of the algorithms they use. Like right. um, Stride subtracts out the elastic component of running gait. You know when we when we run we land. Uh, there's elastic deformation and then elastic recoil as we propel. So that's like, you know, if you're measuring that, uh, then power is going to be higher. Right. Garmin includes that. Stride does not because Stride wants to extract that. That's not, that doesn't have any metabolic cost per se. Yes. Yeah. And the Stride wanted to get closer to metabolic power. And evidently, Apple and Core are sort of followed suit because their powers are pretty close. I have so many questions about that in terms of running technique and other little nuance that I want to dig into, but um, we're running short on time and we're coming up to our hour, so we'll have to... I think, would you be able to come back and do a 202 episode sometime in the future we could get a little bit more into the, the nitty-gritty of it? I, I would love to do that. You know, one topic that uh, we talked about how power... Um, helps define training intensities. Hmm. And that's one of the big, that's the primary use of power, right? But power also is great at defining training load. And we talked at the very outset of, of injury prevention and hmm. how power in monitoring and managing training load um, can um, have, a, have a, a carryover in terms of preventing injury, avoiding mm. training load errors. I'd love to talk with, with yes, you about Yes, yeah, because I was thinking, you know, I was saying about the power, to my mind, is measuring things a little closer to the, the source, like around the muscle um, generating the force rather than measuring the heart's response. And I was like, well, if you took that information and put that into things like training peaks to see your 
you know, your training stress balance, your fatigue scores and stuff like that, you'd be getting a better sense of how the legs particularly are coping um, for runners specifically, as opposed to, you know, people don't get heart injuries, you know, they get leg injuries. So it's it's yeah. interesting to think how it might be used to to shine a bit of more of a light on, on injury risk factors and training errors. It's, it's I, I, I tell people when they're getting into power, I says, you know, it's not just about training intensities. It's about managing training load. Mm. And, and that is the, the, the second biggest advantage of running with power for me in managing and coaching athletes. So, yeah, I want to ask more about technique, training load, and I, I, I'll put it in the show notes. Actually, you did an episode, I think it was a while back with them. Um, that triathlon show and you were talking about why you put certain power zones the way you put them and that was fascinating i'll put that in the show for people to check out um i think it was that triathlon show i'll find it and uh, yeah that well, well we talked about that yeah that was really Michael, interesting Michael but that, definitely another big can of worms that we are not going to have time for today <laughs> thank another, you another steve that was I'm, a, I'm more than willing and and thank you it was it, that was fascinating stuff and uh, a really nice introduction to to power for everyone. If anyone wants to learn more about your work, about your um, work with power and, you know, maybe connect with you and follow your stuff, where should they go? Uh, the best place is, is the Facebook group. It's called Paladino Power Project mm -hmm. Facebook group. And um, it, we try to keep it uh, educational. There's a lot of training questions, but there's also concepts that we talk about as well. And, and I'll throw in some, some articles and relate them to power. Um, so uh, yeah, join us over on Paladino Power Project Facebook group. Cool. I'll put a link in the description to that. And um, that's, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for your time today, Steve. That was excellent. My pleasure.